Welcome to the Made For More podcast, hosted by yours truly. If you don't know me, hey, I'm Isabel, certified mindset and life transformation coach that specializes in helping ambitious women with discovering your passions, romanticizing your money, and unlocking your hidden potential. Here, you've already witnessed my journey along with many special guests, such as multi-six-figure coaches and entrepreneurs and like-minded individuals who decided to dream bigger as soon as they realized that they were meant for so much more. Chances are, if you're here, you know you are too. So what do you say? Are you ready to say yes to yourself? Well, get ready because you're about to move like you've never moved before. Let's tap into the knowing that you were undeniably made for more. Hello, guys. Welcome back to the podcast this week. Today, I am joined with Laura Martin, who happens to be a relationship expert in the coaching industry. And the episode is about to blow your freaking mind because, quite frankly, it truly did take my breath away. Just the amount of empowered topics that we talked about so much deeper than just how to find your dream partner or how to manifest the right love and the right person for you. It's so much deeper than that. And we really do bounce off different empowered topics in this episode when it comes to not just the relationship to other people and how to attract love, but also how to feel seen in love, how to feel safe in love, how to honor your boundaries, how to honor how to honor your worth, how to honor your value and hold yourself up to a high standard and also expect the same. So with that being said, I mean, that's just not even the brink of it, right? There, Once you hit the first 15 minutes of this episode, it will be a game changer for you. Nonetheless, you will want to continuously want more and more of it. So feel free to go reach out to Laura on her Instagram. I will leave it in the podcast show notes for you to maybe join her membership or inquire her for one-to-one coaching if this is something that you are on the brink with needing more clarity or guidance with when it comes to tapping into the higher relationship to yourself so that you can attract like-minded connections and romanticism into your life. So with that being said, meet Laura, the extraordinary mind behind Healing to Happy, where she helps high-achieving women both attract and keep romantic love. As a relationship coach and trauma and somatic attachment specialist, she brings a wealth of knowledge through her studies under renowned body-based trauma experts like Dr. Peter Levine, Dr. Scott Lyons, and Dr. Siegel. Laura's personal development journey marked by surviving domestic violence, enduring challenging relationships sparked a curiosity to uncover the secrets of thriving relationships. Laura has gone on to help hundreds of high-performing women around the globe to transform their relationships with themselves, which revolutionizes their relationships to other people. With her unique mentoring style and authentic approach, she has become a sought-after mentor and teacher in her field. So with that being said, 
I highly recommend you go check her out and feel free to let us know, reach out to either her or I to let us know your biggest key takeaways. Miss Laura, I'm so excited for you to join me on today's podcast episode. I'm so excited to just bring this new perspective to the podcast. Um, I've touched on relationships a little bit and you are a relationship expert. I'm sure you're many things and you're able to help your clients do so much. And I'm so excited to dive into your story today. So with that being said, I would love for you to introduce yourself and what it is that you do, who it is that you are, and a little bit about your background and and what evolved you to the person you are today and business Mm. and life and love, all of the things. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for having me. I, I, it's always a gift when you get to like connect with people and share your story and just also like sit and hold space with like-minded human beings. So thank you so much. Um, I am Laura Patricia Martin. I'm the creator and founder of Healing to Happy. I am a dating and relationship coach and I specialize in trauma and somatic attachment therapy. And I got into this, honestly, I went through it. Can I swear on this podcast? Go ahead. I went through a (laughs) fuck ton of trauma. (laughs) And, you know, from sexual assault to domestic violence, to struggling with my own addictions, to eating disorders, to the loss of my mother to addiction, to this whole aspect of my life, not knowing where I belong, not knowing how I belong. And I felt that way my whole life, even before the trauma. It was just, I'm I'm a very eclectic human being and I learned best in relationships. And at the time I didn't know that. And so I went on this whole journey after my trauma building this very successful gut health company. I specialize in gut brain connection, IBS anxiety, things like that when I was living in Asia and it took off and at the expense of the relationship I had with myself, I thought that if I could somehow build this company, I would feel worthy, Mm. feel lovable, feel like somehow I belonged on this planet and it never came. Like I, I, it just, no matter how much I got, there was still this hungry ghost inside of me that was like, there's, there, there's gotta be like, there's something else. Cause I still don't feel it. So I still don't feel it. So it started with health and then it started with money. Then it started with, you know, men. And it was all these things that I just got so exhausted. And it wasn't until the pandemic hit and I'm in a third world country. I've been there for six years now. And I'm like, what is any of this worth? Really, what is it? Like, I have the success. I'm written on magazines. I'm literally on billboards. Like, I have sold out events. What the hell is any of this worth if I have no one to share it with? And I'm 26 hours away from my family. Like, what is this? And it just kicked me open into this aspect of like what success truly is. And to me, that's relationships. I'm a freaking double Libra. Like, we love love. Like, it was this whole journey of going on that where it was just like, oh, like this is actually at my core, my my root. What I originally went to college for was to be a sex therapist. Like, I love the dark side of the mind. I love the flip side of the mind. And so, in that moment where it was like, I'm good at something but I want to be in alignment with something and I want to be on purpose with something and I want to redefine what success is. And to me, that's sharing this with someone that that's being in my feminine, that's understanding connections and friendships and really making that my art of life. And it's funny now that I go on like these gene keys journey, it's like, that's what you were meant to be doing the whole time. You were meant to be bringing love to this planet and like balance and harmony, of course, double Libra, like all this kind of stuff. And so I just went on that journey of self-discovery and really changing what it means for relationship because no one in my family had been through healthy relationship. Every single person is divorced. You know, no one has a healthy marriage. We, we just didn't have that in our generation. And I was like, cool, how can I really study this so that I can pave the way so my kids never have to go through this? Like, they, like everyone's been through domestic 
domestic violence basically everyone had been sexually assaulted and raped like we've all had this stuff happening generational trauma and I was like okay this fucking ends with me and so you know built iteration 2.0 of healing happy and here we are baby like it's I mean there's so much more to it like when you ask someone you're like where do we begin like there's just a lot to it but (laughs) I feel like that's kind of a quick little snapshot into my mission and my purpose and me and things like that yeah oh my gosh can my heart burst even more from that that was just so beautiful articulated Um, and everything you put into that, like even just the bigger message, I mean, you pretty much nailed all of the break the ice questions, girlfriend, (laughs) I mean, like (laughs) you hit your Zodiac sign, you hit what's the most, like what's something most people would be surprised to know about you living in Asia and what's your purpose of being made for more. And I think you really solidified that just in five minutes, not even, so (laughs) that is incredible. (laughs) I'm dead. That's hilarious. I love love those icebreaker questions though, but Hey, what's up? There we go. (laughs) I know that's incredible. You're so you're a double Libra. I'm a double Libra with an Aquarius moon. Wow. That's so interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Air signs. Um, Oh, I know. I'm literally all air. (laughs) All air. Wow. So you were actually one of the first, I believe, air signs I've had on the podcast, believe it or not. (laughs) It's my pleasure, baby. I love it. Um, And so in terms of what's the most surprising story about you, I know you kind of dabbled a little bit into that. I'd love for you to kind of share something that maybe people don't know much about you. It's something that, you know, could be like your music, hobbies, interests, a personal story. So here's (laughs) the thing that I'm now coming out of the closet about a little bit more. I've always wanted to be a rapper. Like when I was a kid, I wanted to be on that. I tried to pitch my parents so hard about going on that show made, yes. you know, I wanted to be a rapper so fucking bad. And so then I went on to into college and I ended up switching my major and my minor and things like that to communications. And I took all these classes on like hip hop and communications and I studied rap and I like, I'm obsessed with it. I can't get my tongue to move fast enough to actually rap or like maybe it's my brain. We don't know. But like (laughs) it's one of those things when I have a whole bunch of like lucrative income, I'm definitely getting a rapping coach because I think it'd be a killer skill like me dressed in like the bougie way that I dress and then just dropping a beat. (laughs) Yes, I love it. That's so unique. I love that. First the Asia, now we have the rapper. Like, who are you? Who is this chick? <laughs> love it. It's I love it so much. Um, it, I'm assuming your favorite music is rap music. Honestly, I love alternative rock. Like, that's where it gets confused. Like, the, my best friend was actually saying this a few days ago. It's like, no one can place you. And I was like, I know. I know. <laughs> I'm <laughs> No, I love all, I love all type of music. Honestly, I do love rap music, but I love like old like Biggie, Eminem, Tupac. Like, I love that stuff. I, me and my friend were actually just sitting in the car the other day. We're like, what do people listen to nowadays? Like, everyone's so soft and sensitive. And I know I'm not supposed to say that as a trauma person, but like, everyone's so soft. So I'm like, the rap I used to listen to. Yeah, it's not like acceptable nowadays. But mm-hmm. so I actually have no idea what's on the market right now. But I like old time, old time rap. 
that's so true it's like what do people listen to more (laughs) I mean Taylor Swift I feel like she's been popping off lately but I don't know yeah I'm like I have no freaking clue so I mean I love like all alternative stuff like not not really like top 40 things unless I'm at the gym and I need something to sing to but Mm. but yeah I listen to pretty much everything yeah I mean you can't really put a label on it just like I feel like you can't really put a label on yourself and you know, when it's like, literally tell me about yourself. It's like, gosh, there's just like so much. Like, do I talk about my past trauma? Do I talk about my high school era? Do I talk about college? Do I talk about my passions? What do I talk about? It's exactly. an overwhelming question. Cause us as humans, I don't think like to identify with just one thing. Mm-hmm. So similarly, I don't really identify with any music genre as well. I just listen to what makes me feel the most alive. And I think that's what people should listen to you know exactly and it also like depends on what you're doing you know like yeah, you're driving, yeah. <laughs> like am I am I having a karaoke session in the car with myself then it's definitely going to be like paramore like I'm going to be screaming in my car I'm going to be like yes. it's going to be like fallout boy it's going to be like <laughs> yes I love that <laughs> um Side note. So let's dive into what it is that you teach. Um, I know that technically you are a relationship coach, but I feel like there's so much like you even poured into like what really is a relationship coach and what it is that you help your clients with. When was it in your journey that you were able to go into the coaching community and say, oh, wow, this is what I meant to do and really nail down who it is that you want to help? Yeah. So I feel like even now I'm just finding that out because going back to America, I mean, I was still running my gut health company, but it wasn't an alignment. It was hard for me to sell. I was just like, I'm good at what I do, but it's not what I want to be doing. I love relationships. I love people. I'm basically a puppy. Um, and that's, that was like how people describe me. They're like, you're just like a puppy. I'm like, I know. <laughs> um, so pivoting my business, it's been a journey of one, I had to go back and get a whole bunch of certifications because I'm specializing in trauma and I'm specializing in somatics and somatics is connected, connected to your mind that uh, connected to your body, which is actually where trauma is stored. It's not something you could think your way out of. Um, so I had to go back and do the schooling. And so I was floundering around for a bit, like talking about trauma, talking about this stuff, trying to find my way, like being just messy with it, but still putting it out there of like, here's what I'm doing. Here's what I can serve you doing because I can help you because here's, I'm studying it. I'm in it. I've also lived it. Like it's more than that. You know, I've been 10 years in this world now studying this stuff plus surviving it. And it wasn't until about a year ago where I was like, damn relationships, like Mm. that's it. Because at the core of it, I help high achieving individuals find love because the way you go after your business and the way that you grow your success, I haven't met one high achieving individual that hasn't done that off the back end of some bullshit that happened in their past that they're trying to outrun, prove, find their worth in, what have you. I have not found someone yet to this day that I've been doing this for now almost 10 years, right? And so I found this kind of junction where it's like people, women specifically think, well, I can only have success or I can have love. I can't have both. Wow. Oh, my heart. (laughs) Yeah. And so I went on that kind of calibration where I was like, okay, but how can I teach these people and bridge this gap? Because the thing that I was finding even on my own journey, when it came to relational stuff in quote unquote conscious relationships, it's really fucking woo woo. It's like, talk to your womb and engage in your yoni. And don't get me wrong. I fucking do that shit now. But if you would have told me that three years ago, actually, you to- a girl in my mastermind said that to me one time when I was asking her a question about something. And she's like, ask your womb. And I was like, what the fuck? 
And I was like, and now I get it because I'm like, one, it's your intuition. Like you can play with it. But like to a high achiever, that doesn't fucking work. And so I blend science. Like I have a shit ton of neuroscience, psychology, somatic attachment therapy. Like, yes, I do use spirituality. Yes, I do use feminine, masculine energetics. But what does that even mean to a high achiever, right? Like I break all of these things down because the way that you go after your business and the way that you go after your success isn't a bad thing. You will get burnt out because eventually you do hit a plateau because you can't keep running in survival mode like there there needs to be some homeostasis in that but the way that you're building your success is not the way that you can go into relationships so I help a lot of women that have anxious attachment that struggle with that control with struggle with you know not having it go as planned of overgiving, of people pleasing of not having boundaries of lacking femininity but deeply 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 wanting an emotionally available partner to provide to lead and protect them and there's this power struggle of like, but am I weak if I desire a man to do that? Am I weak if I let him in? And so we don't really know how to be vulnerable. Like there's, I say this a lot where there's no shortage of relationships out there. You fucking go on your phone right now. You can be dating someone in 34 seconds. Like it's not that hard. Yeah. It's intimacy that is hard. It's vulnerability that is hard, especially as high achievers, because if we were vulnerable, someone usually took advantage of us. We have been trained to be strong and survive on our own, especially if you've been through drama. And so I really go into this high achievers mind and body and reconnect them to their body because it's the only way to do this you can't think your way into better relationships you actually have to heal the trauma that caused these bruises in your heart and these protective layers and these masculine structures that are now getting in the way of you actually having that deep intimacy that you crave and you know it's not a quick fix it's not this like five-step formula of how to get your ex back and shit like that like we actually go in and do the things that you've probably sat there going yeah but like if I do this work, am I going to give up my like savage edge? Am I going to give up what got me to be a CEO? And it's like, absolutely the fuck not. Absolutely not. But you do have to soften. You do have to create these pathways. And so there's a lot to it. And that's a quick summary of it. But it is, it's it's my magic in this world because I wasn't seeing it. It's It's this... I felt like I was a loose cannon, like running around being like, yeah, okay, there's therapy, there's science, there's that side. But all these people are super masculine and I'm kind and, and I'm a feminine, like I want to be feminine. I want to be protected by my man. And if I go to the other spectrum of people that are being protected by their man, I quote unquote think like that femininity is weak or like it's super woo woo and I don't belong here. And so like my work is to bridge that gap so you can really have both things happening for you. Yeah. Wow. Gosh, that was so incredible. I pulled on my heartstrings. Like I felt like majority of that response. Um, and I could definitely hear with like the answer, like to your womb or ask your womb. Cause I feel like in terms of like, if you want to put it in like chakras, like root chakras, like that is around your womb. And as a feminine woman, I feel like it, it's very obvious when you can feel like something's off, like whether it's like your digestive system or something within your gut movement around there is so vital and listening to your body is so crucial when you're trying to make like life decisions or intuitive decisions right like your gut pull um one thing I really want to touch on though is the career versus love because that really ripped off a band-aid for me um and I'm assume like you said too like all majority of your clients experience this right especially as a masculine woman you know either you're trying to start a business or you have a business or you want to do better and and bigger changes in your life and you want to go after your goals um and you get to this point where you're like can I have both right like if I'm this masculine woman in this high achieving mindset and you want to be able to find your passions or find what makes you feel in your feminine, essentially, right? 
how can I do that? Do I have to give up my partner, right? How can I have both? It's like, we're not able to have our cake and eat it too scenario. <laughs> so I'd love for you to really teach on that and, and kind of share some of the lessons that have helped your clients and, and for you as well. Yeah. So one, it's going after your success. It is this masculine shield, right? Somehow my success, and I can speak from my personal experience, right? Mm -hmm. I thought somehow my success would protect me ever from getting my heart broken. I see this a lot in high achievers. We've either seen our mothers get divorced because we're the, the children of that era. Our mothers get divorced and they're left on their ass. That's what happened to my mother. She turned to drugs and alcohol. She ended up dying when I was 22. So I was like, I am never going to fucking let a man do this to me. I'm going to create a business. So I become the breadwinner and I'm going to change this motherfucker and I'm going to get this shit done and I'm going to go this direction so that that never happens to me. Or this other spectrum of we've seen a lot of like housewife mothers where it's like, oh, I feel bad for them because they didn't go after their dreams or they didn't travel or they didn't do these things. And so I'm going to do that. And so we rebel against it and we create these things of this like high achieving woman that doesn't, that craves love, but is also fucking terrified of it because we've seen our parents go on this journey and we don't want that. And so how do we actually rest and it's understanding polarity like you get to have what however your life is that you want right like in my life at a certain time I wanted to be the breadwinner I wanted to be the high achiever I wanted to do all the things and be all the things but if I looked at how polarity works and polarity is masculine feminine energy we have both of them it doesn't matter if you're male or female we have both of them masculine and feminine they're like magnets one attracts the other so if you are masculine it's not that you're not going to attract someone you're going to just attract a feminine man and that's what was happening to me but deeply i on my channel i talk about this where i'm like i deeply desire a fucking viking like i want this like oh burly ass man to just like take me and ravish me and do these kind of things and like that's why now the movement that i have in my brand is the pre-housewife era because i'm like i'm in that stage now where i'm like i want to be leaded i want to be led i want to be provided i want to be protected and so it's not that I give up my work life. No, it's that now I have a balance where I'm not just always talking about work, thinking about work, doing these things. It's I come home and whoever I'm dating or whatever, they're in the leadership. They they set the foundation of our relationship and I'm in my feminine. I'm here to receive. It doesn't matter about the money situation. It matters because what's at the core of money? I want my man to make more money. I okay, yes, because it shows that he has drive. But realistically, what does that mean? I want him to be a safe place for me. I want him to provide for me. I want him to, you know, it's it's really looking at what's underneath all these principles. And if you truly want a masculine partner, it's not that you have to give up your masculine. It's just when you're in partnership, you're more feminine. And it's understanding the switch. And I talk about the transition period after work. Like I would go for a walk or I literally will wash my hands or I'll take a shower where I'm like feeling myself take off this masculine shield of protection that I have or the masculine parts that have gotten me ahead in my career and like what I need to get through my day-to-day -day life because I am a CEO, because I am a high achiever, because I do love that identity about myself. Like I am a fucking savage and I love that part of me. But at the same time, if I want a masculine partner, you got to play with the identities a bit. And it and it's just learning these things. It's like a switch. It's like, what environment are you in right now? And sometimes you are going to be a little bit more masculine in your relationship. That's okay. It's like, but what is the majority of the time where are you spending it? And you're going to see that these dynamics start to play out in your relationship. And so it, all of this is to say, one, it's looking at 
why are you hustling so hard? Are you trying to run from the past? Are you doing what I described in the beginning, trying to rebuild what you saw your parents do and trying to outrun that fucking shit? That's going to get exhausting. And then you get to the next element, okay, what do I actually want? And if what you want is a masculine partner and you want love and you want that fucking bold ass savage like side of you, you get to have both. It's just figuring out how to play with those dynamics where it's like at work, yes, you are feminine or you are masculine. Like you are leading, you're in that role, you're driving, you're doing the things. You can even do that in a feminine way. That's like when work actually becomes your art and it's really fucking beautiful from a regulated nervous system. But then there's also when you're in your relationship, you're resting. Like you're not planning the dates. You're not controlling. You're not getting like, you need to do it this way. I plan all the dates. I do. It's like allowing yourself to be surprised, allowing yourself to be in appreciation and devotion to your man. Because at the end of the day, a masculine partner wants you to submit. He doesn't want to feel like a bad boy all the time. Like he's doing fucking shit wrong all the time. And this is why we draw on these like little boys and things like that. It's just playing with the dynamics where it's like your partner is not your employee. And really getting those things straight and so that you can play with these identities within work and relationship. That's so powerful. I feel like you just touched on so many pain points (laughs) in today's (laughs) dating culture, Um, especially with, I think sometimes as women, when we want to kind of, you know, pull back this masculine shield um, and allow our boyfriends or partners or vice versa, you know, allow our just partners in general to balance out our energy because you are who you surround yourself with, right? Like they are your aligned source of fulfillment and love and connection. And so you ideally have to rely on them to kind of balance you out in that way. Um, Otherwise you're just going to be like hitting so many walls, like two masculines at the same time, two feminines don't work. Right. Um, And so allowing space for uh, like in this example, a man, right. To, kind of get out of his feminine when a woman is so masculine, right? Like goals, business, career, all of this stuff. Like this actually represents my relationship very, (laughs) very much. And, you know, my, my boyfriend is also very goal-driven and very dedicated and disciplined and structured, but he's also been able to relax so much more into that. And I'm like, how do you do that? Like how, like, (laughs) you know, and it's like, how, how do you kind of like train someone in order to, I guess, be able to allow you to relax and, and receive, right. Without kind of like bashing them and making them kind of like an employee. Like, if you don't do these things for me, like we're going to break up or I'm going to yeah. like, like coming out of a state of miscommunication and, and daggering each other, you know? Yeah. And it really is. It's you start to play with it. And it's going to it's this like incubator time. It's this weird fucking gray area that when you're like, I'm going to be more feminine and you start to lean back <laughs> and you're like relaxing. It doesn't need to be an announcement. We always think like relationships. It's like we have to sit down and have a fucking glass yeah. of wine and have this deep discussion about what we are now doing. And I'm like, that is masculine. Stop doing that. Just do it. <laughs> like, just stop doing it. It's like literally I know it sounds so silly, but it literally is. Okay. <laughs> it's It's literally just like stop like just don't do it don't plan the date and trust that he will and then when he does do it it's literally I have a whole thing on this inside of arrival which is our membership it's like a whole communication the art of feminine communication it's all about this where it's like the way that you speak it's like being in appreciation where it's like they're not gonna one time here's a fucking example it has nothing to do with like I mean it does but we want men to buy us gifts and like surprise us and do these kind of things I had a partner for Christmas one time like yeah. here's the thing we we want to choose how people love us as opposed to just appreciate appreciating the way that they're loving us and men are starving for appreciation right That's so cool. one time my partner at the time 
<laughs> fucking for Christmas. I love experiences. I love, you know, at the time I was, I'm, I'm a bougie human being. So my best friend is messaging him. Like she wants to go to this resort. She wants to have this type of experience. He's like, cool, great. Got it. Did he do any of that? Absolutely the fuck not. So for Christmas, <laughs> he ends up getting me a hair blow dryer, Ooh. some slippers, um, and some other stuff. Right. Yeah. Oh gosh. And so I'm sitting there and I'm like, I've already learned from past relationships. I'm not going to sit here and be like, why the fuck did you get me a hairdryer? I'm going to sit and be in deep gratitude because you got me a gift. You literally didn't have to fucking do shit. Like you did get me a gift. And so later in the day, I'm asking him. I also know the amount of research men put into stuff. Like a lot of times I, most women, if you think of this and you're probably listening to this, you're like, he didn't put any thought into it. Like this was a last minute gift. He probably just went on and no, this man went to go find the best hairdryer because he came to my apartment one time and saw that mine was broken because I was using a janky ass one because I don't fucking care. It still dries my hair. And he's like, you needed a new one. So I researched the best one that wasn't going to damage your hair in this type of way. And it could hit this angle and whatever. Same with the slippers. He's like, you walk around a lot in your house and I wanted you to have hard bottoms one so you could walk out on the patio and come back in. And like, he did all this research. He went, called his friends to find the best type of pack because I wear a bunch of hats. Like the amount of research he did, if I would have bashed him instead of letting him love me in the way that it was, and instead I gave him appreciation and I, and I worked on this and it lets him rise into the masculinity. So he now knows, oh, I, I can trust myself to make decisions for this bougie ass bitch over here that has really high standards. Like she's actually really appreciative of these little things. And so it's, it's really these types of things where it's like, I could have controlled it. I could have said what a shitty fucking Christmas this is. And he didn't listen. And it's not the way I want to be loved. But instead, I got to be calibrated to this new way of being loved and to witness someone love me in a new way that I didn't even know he was paying attention to all these little things. And this is often what's happening in relationships with high achievers because we're so nitpicky, because we want things to be in our way, because we are so fucking used to controlling everything that we don't actually see the little ways our partners are trying to love us, which then they get tired because they're getting emasculated because they're not being seen. They're not being heard. You're belittling them. They start to turn into little boys and everything now turns into an obligation versus an invitation. And so it's literally just switching that where it's like going into like, damn, baby, like I love that way you did. And like meaning it, not like good boy tapping them on the head kind of style. It's like, damn, like, thank you so much for opening my door. Like they, like that turns me on, come here. And then you just make out with them. Like, I don't know. Like, it's just like these little that. things that you can start to do that you play with it. And it's like, I'm not like, where do you want to go today? And it's like, I would actually freaking love it if you planned it. Like, and not in a way of like, I always plan the dates. It's literally saying it like, I would just love it. Like if you planned and you showed me where you wanted to go tonight, like, I bet you he's going to pick something he thinks you love. Like that's, and is it going to be perfect? Is it going to be the exact place that you want it to be? No, but at least you're letting him start to lead just by being playful. That's it. Wow. Oh my gosh. This is like, you should write a book. <laughs> you are literally the third person this week that has said that to me. Seriously. I feel like that's coming through. Such God's fire coming through. when it comes to just how, because it almost feels like too, if I must be honest and like, I feel like women too in their feminine, um, or I don't know if it is like, I guess, toxic feminine or toxic masculine, whatever you want to call it, but women kind of put themselves on this very high pedestal and mm -hmm. they kind of want their men to bow down to them. And that's when, like you said, like men don't want to do those things because it's almost expected instead of an invited. 
Um, I like the way you worded that because it, it yeah. is true. And it becomes like this, how do I find this perfect man that does everything perfect for me and knows how to love me perfectly instead of really allowing yourself to kind of integrate those acts of self-love being in your feminine, being in your emotions and your feelings and allowing yourself to be inspired and him knowing that you like being able to mirror that, being able to compliment that, being able to protect you in that aligned, in that alignment, right? A hundred percent. And that's, that's the thing about this whole feminine movement that grinds my gears and this whole conscious relationship and this whole queen, this whole thing. It's like, it's self-righteous. It, and it's selfish because you're forgetting that right now there's actually a decline on masculinity. There's actually a huge fucking mismatch because of, at least in America, 42% of women are actually making more money than men. And men actually find their masculinity through how they provide. So how are we going to build up these guys instead of pushing them down? It's not like what we're all going to hunt for the fucking 1% that is actually making more money than us. No, like it's sitting here and being like, how can I actually help you rise so that we can actually conquer this world together instead of belittling you and making you feel like a little boy that you can't fucking get shit right it's like i'm your teammate mm. you know i i want i want the same thing you want they want the same thing you want you both want love and at the core of every fucking relationship you want acceptance you want acceptance for who you are but yet you're a lot of people aren't willing to give acceptance for how they are and just witnessing, like even with communication, like texting and things like that. Like I remember with my past partner, it was like, hey, I saw on your profile about texting or whatever. Like, it looks like we have different communication styles. Let's talk about that real quick. Like without making you wrong about this, because I'm not right. I'm just trying to figure out if our things are a match here. Right. Mm -hmm. And going back to <laughs> when you fill yourself up, right? The reason my partner getting me a hairdryer or fucking slippers or whatever the fuck, because everything else I do for myself. If you're going to ask something of your partner, make sure you're already doing it for yourself. Like I give myself the experiences. If he were to plan one and then he did like Valentine's day stole me away for like a surprise vacation because he figured out he can't do it. Like it's this whole thing. Like they do rise eventually because they start to see the way you love yourself. But when you take the pressure off of like, you know, if you don't do this for me, then I won't feel love. And then I'm going to feel needy and in lack. But if you're like, I'm already fucking full. Like I do this stuff for me. I take care of me. So anything else you do for me, it's just a fucking bonus. Like this is just great. Whatever it is, whether it's a hairdryer or a fucking surprise vacation, like it's just a bonus because all of these things are extra to the love I already have within. 100%. That's so powerful. I would love for you to address though, when do, when do you have to draw a line? if that person say is not complimenting those standards or is not complimenting the way that you want to love yourself. And it's kind of pulling down the other person. Cause I'm sure that's a very common theme as well is, it is. yeah. Like not being able to hold your boundary, hold your truth um, and being able to kind of continuously hold yourself up and say, I still want this, or am I going to settle for this because I really love this person and they're my best friend, or we've been together X amount of years. And, you know, we've been through so much together. And sometimes people use trauma as like, a, oh gosh, we've been through so many arguments and we've gotten through it. And like, have you really gotten through it? Or is it just, does it just keep coming up? Like, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I'm that's like the difference between like comfort right? Yeah. You can be comfortable in a relationship and it's not expanding you, but that is everyone. And this is why it helps with working with high level mentorship where it's like, everyone is uniquely different. I can't be like, oh, it's the three month mark. And that's why if they still haven't done it, fuck them and leave. Like that's not it at all. You know, 
you know when you're exhausted and you've actually tried. And and it's not to say, because here's the other thing in this modern dating world, we aren't ever, we struggle with expressing our needs and we just want someone, the right person will know how to love me and they'll be planning the dates and they'll be doing the things. No, you have to have the hard conversations. You mm-hmm. have to know what your needs are. You have to be able to communicate and effectively set I have a program inside of Arrival called Boundaries Baby. Set boundaries from a feminine way, not a motherly way. Like you invite these things in, you set them, you set a standard for yourself. You know all these things. You've already communicated these things at length. You've done the work. If you've exhausted your options, then there you go. Your body, your your intuition, fucking checking with your wombs, ladies. Like it's going to tell you yeah, it's time to go now. Like this person isn't going to be able, and it's going to be hard. Like no one talks about that enough where it's like, even if you're the person to leave, like it's one of the fucking hardest things you're going to do. And I really honor anyone that's done that because we do live in this, like, what, what if this is the worst decision of my life? And like, someone else isn't out there, little, all these kind of things. But it's like, if that person isn't going to rise to match you, are you really going to give up your life just because you're comfortable? Like, do you really not trust God that there's someone out there that's going to match you? Right? Like, I have a tattoo on the back of my arm. It's the greater than symbol. It's if not this, something better. Always. There always is something better. If it's not, if it's not it, it's not it. And it might not be this person right now. It's not to say, I'm never to say like, you know, it's never getting back with someone, but like, you're not waiting in this iteration of who you two are right now. It's not a match. If you've already exhausted all options, if you haven't even expressed your needs, if you haven't said what you needed to say, if you if you don't even know your needs and you're just like, I'm just bitter and disappointed and blah, 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 like because I don't want to have a hard conversation. So I'm going to be passive aggressive. I'm going to withdraw love and I'm going to withhold sex and I'm going to be bitter and bitchy towards him. Like that's not how it is. You sit down and you say, hey, these are actually my needs and I'm seeing that they're not getting met. So you know, what is a way or how am I communicating this right now that you're, it's not landing for you? Like what part of this isn't landing so that we can actually get on the same page here? Because it's always you and your partner versus the problem. It's not you and your partner versus each other. And so it's figuring out how to get on the same page. And that's the art of communication, especially the art of feminine communication, where it's like saying things in a way that it lands. Because if someone, if you've said things a hundred times to someone and they're still not getting it, they're not doing it despite you, most likely, right? If they're not fucking toxic, they're not doing it despite you. The way that you're communicating it, it doesn't matter the tone of your voice, the, the, like it's not landing for them. And so it's figuring out what is the language they need to hear so that they rise to match you. Because at the end of the day, if this person loves you and you love them and you've been on this journey for quite some time now, they do love you. It's just a miscommunication that's happening. And so it's really doing that type of work. And then even after that, you know, I went through this with the guy that moved me to Texas. It was it was just not a match, but we exhausted everything. And it was a really hard breakup in a way of like, we had so much love for each other, but we wouldn't be going to the next levels that we knew we wanted to get to with each other. And it's, it, those are one of the hardest breakups you're going to go through. Cause you're like, fuck, we could just stay here. We literally, I remember we were in an airport and we we're outside of a chapel and we're like, we could just like get married right here. Like we can just go, we'll go get married. We'll go do it right now. And then we're stuck together because that's how it works. <laughs> and we're like, yeah we're crazy. Let's not do that. Okay. Bye. I love you. Thank you for this time. Like, <laughs> and it is hard. Like, but did you try everything? Have you expressed your needs? Have you sat down and had the hard conversations? Have you tried to express it through the way that they need to hear it? Like really doing the work in that way, because you're not right. And they're not wrong. Like, it's just not a fight in that kind of way. It's just an honest thing of like, actually, I don't see this path going the same way. And can I leave this with love in that type of way? But that isn't only an internal knowing. Like, that is go spend a weekend alone and do the 
do the work of figuring out, am I triggered right now or have I exhausted my options? And then you can go in and start to do that work with your partner. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's one of the most, I can't imagine hardest like ways to part ways with someone. Cause it's like, you have so much love for them. And I guess that's what makes it like, that's what stirs up fear. Cause it's like, gosh, like I love this person. It's not a toxic relationship. Like how could I find better than this if it's so good, but it's not yeah. great. And we live in a world too, where I think they emphasize so many options of like, what is greater. Um, and there's also that like hiccup there where it's like, too, it's like, well, somebody may be greater, but it's like, are they for you? Mm-hmm. And also coming back to options of so many people having things and glor- glorifying different ways of a relationship and, and looking at what other people have instead of what do you really want? you know, and really getting clear on that too. Some people just jump into a relationship and think, oh, I just want to find my, my person. I just want to get married. I want to have kids. I want to do the whole nine yards. And they're like, okay, this person is like, okay, like it's good enough for me. But then you realize when you see all these other relationships, you know, planning trips and, you know, having like all these anniversaries and like actually like seeing different love languages and the ways relationships are thriving. And you're like, oh shit, like, do I want that? Or you know, is there something else that I want and getting clear in like your standards, you know? A hundred percent. I mean, that's what fucked a lot of my relationships was, especially in the industry that we work in. Like it's the coaching industry. People are making six figures plus a month. They're going on these luxurious travels. People are planning these wild ass dates. They're renting out movie theaters with their anniversary videos on it. They're doing all these kind of things. And then you look <laughs> and you're like, my partner is like making me a bratwurst in the kitchen and that's real <laughs> like okay whatever and then you start to play this thing and it's that's where especially as a projector I'm a projector so it's like I don't I have a lot of open centers so anytime any influence anything like that like it's really taking that space alone and being like what do I actually want and that was a really big wake-up call in one of my recent breakups where I was like damn all these things that I thought I wanted that like you move to America and you have the quote-unquote American dream of you know luxury travel and five-star resorts and these types of relationships and this type of thing it's like I looked at my life when we were starting to get near to like the end of our relationship where I was like, the moments that matter most to me, and this is what birthed the pre-house right there, but like the moments that matter most to me were like the pop-up picnics in bed, eating Italian food, you know, like the random pizza nights doing this thing. Like it wasn't the five-star dinners. It wasn't these things. It wasn't, you know, it was never that. If I look back at all my relationships, it was all those little moments, you know, you're just like sitting watching like fucking planet shows being mind blown that space is the way it is you know it's like different things like that where it's like that's actually what fucking matters right like that to me is what a successful relationship is and like yes it's those deep moments and like yes sometimes those romantic travels and things like that but I'm like those aren't actually the top at the end of the day but because of Instagram and because of swipe culture and because of the choice paradox that we all fucking live within it's and I hope anyone listens to this where it's like, don't keep breaking your heart, chasing your ego. Really don't do that. Like really sit and be like, at the end of my days, I'm holding the hand with the person I love. What are we really going to be talking about? Really? And it's going to be the fucking bake-offs you had in the middle of the fucking night at like 11 p.m.? Yeah, probably because that was wild. That was fun. Let's do it again. No, <laughs> it, it's like the, those things are fun. It's not like, oh, yeah. that time we went to that five-star resort and you were so anxious because you were trying to get all the content in the world and we couldn't figure it out and it was this like you know some people that is their fucking dream they do love that and I'm not bashing that it's just not my dream you know and and I thought it was and I thought that would mean happiness same thing like 
I thought chasing the money with my business would get me the happiness. I thought being in the magazines, I thought the sold out events, like I thought all those kind of things. It's like, if you're living from ego, it's going to be a hungry ghost always, whether it's money, business relationship, like it's going to be a health. I did that one too with orthorexia. Like you're going to, you're going to burn yourself out in all these kind of ways. And it's really coming back to like, are you stuck in a comparison trap with your relationship? And if you are put your fucking phone down and look at your partner and be like, am I appreciating the little things that you do? Like the way you make my coffee or the way you pay attention that I need a breakfast sandwich before the 30 minutes of out of bed. Cause I'm going to eat your face off. Like it, these little types of things that like, are you going to miss that about that person if they're gone? Yeah. And then start appreciating it. Like it's, those are the things that actually matter. That's so true. So freaking true. And I think that's what it comes down to is like, so even like just seeing like marriages and like turn sour and everything, it's because you noticed how say like something like a dynamic, like the breadwinner and the housewife situation is like the breadwinner thinks if I make all this money, like you have to do all of these things for me. And, mm-hmm. you know, I don't have to really appreciate those things. Right. And that was kind of the dynamic that I grew up in. And it's ironic now that, you know, I have had that tendency in the past, to like picking out all, like, I want you to do this for me. I want you to do this for me, like blah, blah, blah. And like not taking a, a good, clear perspective on how am I adding value to the relationship? How am I exactly. appreciating them when they do try to do those things for me? Am I making them feel like they're not doing good enough and really taking a good look at myself? And I'm sure many other people do the same. And if you haven't, you definitely should, because that is the secret sauce to success in your relationship is yeah. being a team, like you said, and I love how you perfectly address that. Yeah. I mean, one of the biggest things y'all will hear me talk about that it's not about finding the one. No. We get so lost in it. It's about being the one. You know, I'm I'm a sports person. I grew up playing basketball. It's like, are you on the A team? Are you practicing the way you want to play? Like it's not like you go to I heard this on the nice and neat podcast where it's like a lot of people are withholding love and withholding these things where it's like, oh, I'll do that when I'm married. I'll do that when I'll be more appreciative when I'm, you know, when there's a ring on my finger, I'll do the wifey duty, all these fucking shit where it's Mm -hmm. like, no, you don't go to the NBA. Like you don't get to the NBA by only showing up when you get to the NBA, you get by the NBA because you're showing up every single day in this force and you're opening your heart and you're doing the work and you're being a teammate to your team. Like you're on the A team, you're leading yourself in a way where it's like, you know, when you can walk away from a relationship, I talk about this in Alchemy of Love, like when you know you're rare and valuable, if a relationship doesn't work out, you're not sitting there questioning your worth and you're thinking for like a second because you have a fucking human moment. Don't get me wrong. Like you do have that thing. (laughs) But But then you get to the point where you're like, and I can think of any relationship that's ended for me where I'm just like, I know I'm the best teammate. I know I showed up fully for that. It just wasn't a match. Like there's not this like trauma that's spilt out. There's not these things that are going to be propelled in these narratives from childhood wounds. It's literally like, I know I'm the best for the job. Am I the best for the job for you? Clearly not because we're not working out, but I'm the best for the job when the person that is meant for the job comes. And it's constantly looking at yourself in that light, whether you're in relationship, dating, single, going through divorce, 10 years, 20 years of marriage. Like I work with all these people where it's like always coming back to, are you the best for the job? Always. Mm -hmm. And then going from there. And if you're not, 
go back and revisit how to make yourself the best for the job. Like keep making sure, you, you know, we're, we all work, maybe not all, but like if you're an entrepreneur, you work in sales, you have a product. Is it the best product for the job? And then are you the best person to be selling it? Like always looking at these things. These are big concepts I teach in Alchemy of Love. It's like you have to make sure you're the best product. And it doesn't mean you're perfect. You're a d deliciously flawed fucking little chicken nugget person. Like, yes, that is who you are. Do you love that about yourself? Do you show up in that? Do you still know, even though you are flawed, you are still the best for the job? Like, that is where that comes from. And keep going back to that. Keep going back to that. And I, and I say that, like, and I can think, and I know I'm on a tangent here, but it's hitting me where it's like, people are like, yeah, Laura, like, that's great for you. Like, people can be thinking that. And I know people think that where it's like, that's great for you. You're cute. You're privileged. You have all these things. You've gone on these things. This is your line of work. You date the sexiest man in the world. I know I do. Like, it's these kind of things. They could be saying these kind of stuff, right? But the truth is, I come from a background of domestic violence. Every man in my life has has abandoned me. I don't have a relationship with my my dad. My brother lives in Tokyo. My mother, mom is dead from addiction. I have been through domestic violence, sexual assault. I've, I had an intense eating disorder. I've almost lost my life several times. Like, I had to build this type of confidence. This is not something I was born with. This is not something because of privilege or whatever the fuck. Like all of this was built because of making sure I was the best product. It, it doesn't matter what the fuck your background is. Like I get it. It's hard out there. I get it more than most people. It's fucking hard, but you got to get your ass in the arena. And I'm happy that anyone's listening to this because it's like you are starting to get in the arena, but it's like, get your ass in the arena to make sure you're doing the work that you're no longer afraid of. Like, what if they find out I'm flawed? What if they find out I'm insecure? What if they find out I'm jealous? What if they find out I have these money wounds or these wounds or these things? Like, you're just going to sit there and be like, hi, I'm a flawed individual and here I am. And I love all of me for that reason. And from there, you start to attract the most magnetic type of love in your life because you're starting to generate that from within yourself already. Oh my gosh. When is the best selling book coming out? <laughs> <laughs> I, I will pre order it. <laughs> I love it. I love how just the fire within you is so able to translate this so beautifully for not just my audience but just in general like you could just tell like the amount of intense work that you've had to do to become the best product in your life right um not just in a business sense but it's true like the first step to having a good relationship with anyone else is to really value yourself like in a relationship to you and pouring from the inside out, right? Like leading from love and no longer bitterness or trauma or, you know, all of these other things in your past that a lot of people use excuses for like, oh, well, I was cheating on, or I was cheated on, or I, I was brokenhearted. I was this, this person did this to me. And like letting that deter your vision of what relationships are out there for you mm -hmm. and, you know, not accepting that it could be so much greater and, allowing yourself to hold space for that and like you said trust in god i love that you were like you don't believe that god has someone out there for you like knowing that if it's not this it's something so much greater and learning that lesson mm -hmm. overall and the and like if it's not learning the lesson you're constantly always being repeated through history to learn it anyway so it's just coming to reality of what what is it that is that secret sauce in order to flourish not just relationships to others but to yourself a hundred percent. And something that comes fresh when you were saying that, and I've been noodling on this for a bit. I actually haven't said this anywhere, but like, imagine if you could go into relationship 
as though it was your like high school sweetheart before you ever knew what heartbreak was, right? Like anyone that's had a high school sweetheart, if you didn't, you just think of your first love. Like we jump into love when it's our first love because we don't have a bruised heart yet. We're like, this is my fucking person. Look at my promise wing. You're like fucking 14 years old. Like, (laughs) it's like, I love this person. Like, granted, you are hung up on fucking hormones and like all this kind of stuff because love is a crazy ass drug. But you don't have these notions of like, this person's going to leave me or this person's going to cheat on me or this person's going to do this or there's going to do that. Like, granted, it's a little bit different now because of the divorce rates and like the things from our family. But like, imagine if, you could just show up to your next relationship as though it's your first love and they're not going to fuck you over and you know you're rare and valuable and you like you get to just love with your whole heart because you don't know any better like if you could be that naive and it's not to say you're not protected right like that's the thing of like have a strong spine and an open heart that's how life should be and when you do the somatic work and you do the actual trauma work and you do the feminine energetic like that's how you get to show up with relationship. It's not this like, I'm going to, you looked at your phone a little bit weird. My boyfriend from 1972 looked at his phone in that way. And therefore <laughs> I need to break up with you because, oh my God, a red flag. Like, it's like, instead of that, you just get to go and be like, I trust me so fucking much that I'm going to love like a goddamn puppy. And I'm going to go out there and I'm going to be myself and I'm going to giggle and I'm going to fall in love with everything. But I'm going to like, not in a trauma way, not in a spilling way, but like just being in love with life because everything, if you, tr- Michael Singer has been one of my biggest guides lately and he's amazing. He talks about this where it's like anyone you're in love with, mm-hmm. you just, that's a that's a mirror of the love you have in yourself but oftentimes we attach it to a person if i if i tell you right now to think of a time when you loved someone so fucking much and you closed down your eyes and you really fucking felt it in your body you can turn on love just like that imagine walking through life that way then it's no longer attached to this person it's not to say that we can't be in love with people but they're not responsible for our love like imagine going into it where you're like i'm 16 again And all of a sudden, I'm hung up on hormones and horny as shit. And I'm going to regulate myself because I also, you know, we don't have sex this young. Like, we still have these things and we still have boundaries and we still have internal rules for ourselves. But, like, I get to just love freely and I get to do these kind of things. It's like, oh, my God. Swipe culture would be diminished because we'd stop passing trauma and we'd all just be happy people. Like, it'd be (laughs) so fun. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my gosh. I love the way you uh, illustrated, like looking at like someone for the first time and like letting love feel like it's the first time you've experienced it without any like the limitations or triggers or anything like that. Because I feel like relationships play a key role in every like core value or core aspect of your life. Like even like your relationship to money. And I always articulate this to my clients of like picturing the the amount of love and excitement you had when you first touched money, when you first learned what money was and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm rich with $5. Like allowing love to pour into every single aspect of your life, you know, every single thing, because when it's led from love, that is what fuels the relationship to keep blossoming and building it um, to, to the standard that you want. And so I love how you were like looking at things from the first time, the first perspective without limitations and like the world telling you what it should look like or what it should feel like is absolutely incredible. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. I am obsessed with this conversation. I would love to know, is there anything else that you would love to dive into or any key takeaways or any promotions you have 
before we um, end the episode? Hmm. Something that's coming through is like anyone that's on that journey of like transforming your love life, really going inward and mm. witnessing where we get stuck in a narrative where it's like either the one got away or I should have known better or damn my parents or like because of my history, like you get to literally your nervous system is plastic. When you apply heat, you can make a goddamn ring out of it. Like it gets to go from a goddamn water bottle to a ring. Like it just needs heat, but it needs to be just like growing your business, just like growing anything. It needs to be a full-time job. Like it's not something just in a passing thought. My pastor said this the other day. There's like immaturity or what do they call it? Like crazy is doing the same thing over and over again and then and expecting a different result. And he was like, immaturity is doing something sometimes and expecting success. And the same goes for your love life. It's like, it's not just this, I listened to a podcast and boom, my life has changed. And I wrote some affirmations and I stuck them on my fucking mirror. Like, I wish that is how it worked. I really wish we'd all be cute little love bubbles, but like do something on the back end of this podcast, like, you know, jump into something, get a book, join a program, whether it's mine, whether it's Isabella's, like jump into something. It's like, did I just call you Isabella? Isabel. <laughs> I just put an A at the end of your name. I'm sorry about that. Um, here you go. Oh, good. You're, you're Italian now. Um, like jump into something, go do something, go listen to another podcast, make this a daily practice so that you can apply heat to your nervous system and change, be the change that you want, be the change maker in your family lineage. Like really know that it is possible for you. Is it going to be easy? Fuck no. If it was easy, everyone would be doing it. But be the person that like you want to see in this world and start to shift from there because it is possible for you because you're here. There's a reason it landed. Like nothing in this life happens by mistake. There's a reason this landed in your earbuds right now. So go do something, hang out. You can jump into Alchemy of Love. It will change your life. Like it is the best place ever. It's my legacy on this planet, which is my program for helping um, high achievers that are struggling to call in emotionally available partners and they're navigating anxious attachment style. It's really cool. We're actually up leveling it to be like this mastermind hybrid style. It's going to be a fucking vibe. Um, But really just come hang out on Instagram. That's like the only thing is you'll hear everything from me because I'm quite chatty over there. Um, <laughs> just come hang out. My personal one is it's Laura Patricia Martin. So ITS Laura Patricia Martin. And let me know what came up for you in this podcast. Like come have a conversation. I'm so excited for my audience to get so much value out of it and definitely go check Laura out because she is a master queen at everything she talks about. Clearly this episode was straight fire and I'm so, so proud that we were able to connect.